several miles off the main highway, tucked away in a secluded canyon on prime vineyard property, stands a rustic barn that was built many decades before the vines around it were planted. In that barn, a sophisticated broadcast and recording studio has been built. The barn also has a well-hidden root cellar stocked with many of the world's most exceptional wines, only to be shared with guests who secretly come to offer their insights and tell their stories. Guests are sworn to secrecy and are shuttled to the studio aboard a John Deere tractor. Those who cannot make the journey in person are interviewed by satellite hookup, and sometimes the crew simply sneaks away with microphones in hand and interviews guests in barrel rooms, wine cellars, and other magical places. All of this is done like clockwork every single week so that we can bring you another episode of Grape Encounters Radio. Peel me a grape Crush me some ice Skin me a peach Save the fuzz for my pillow and it is time for your weekly grape encounter. You know what? If there is one thing, one thing in the world that is probably more misunderstood than me, David Wilson, your humble host of Grape Encounters Radio, it is a wine called Rosé. I just, you know what? I After having run a wine bar for, what is it now, four years? Are you kidding me? And uh, and talking on the radio for 10 years, I really do think that rosé really is the most misunderstood thing. I remember when we first started doing Grape Encounters and I bagged on, unmercifully, I bagged on White Zinfandel because, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't have to explain that, actually. Okay, if you like it, that's great. In fact, sometimes I... Uh, even now, we'll drink a little bit of white Zinfandel. It's crisp, it's sweet, and it's a lot like Coca-Cola, but it's got alcohol in it. There's a guy, uh, along with his team, that is doing some amazing things where Rosé is concerned. I'm going to say before I introduce my guest today that having run a wine bar, what is astounding to me is how popular Rosé is coming is becoming. It's just amazing to me that people are finally understanding the most misunderstood wine on the planet, and um, they're still not understanding the most misunderstood wine uh, uh, talk show host on the planet. But anyway, I'm going to welcome to the show, it's Craig Palmer. Welcome, Craig. Well, hey, David. Hi. Thrilled to be here. You know what? I'm, I'm totally bummed out about something, Craig. What? So I, I was doing my research on you. This is this is no kidding, and I think that there's a conspiracy going on here. <laughs> you, no, seriously, there was this whole blurb on your Facebook page, you know, about you. It was about Craig, right? Right. So I read the whole thing. I'm cracking up hysterically. I've never once on this show ever read somebody's Facebook profile about me thing. And so just before I got you on the line, I go to pull it up. Guess what? Page not found. Page not found. Craig, what's going on here? Well, maybe that saved us. <laughs> no, it was hysterical. It was going through your whole biography of all of the things that you have done in your life. And now I'm going to put you on the spot, pal, because you're going to have to go through what brought you all the way to becoming the guy who is carrying the torch 
for Rosé around the world. You flatter me greatly, David. First of all, there's a lot of great folks that are are carrying the torch, and our budding organization has had some of those great people giving us some advice. But I'll give you the long and winding road, as short as I could possibly make it. In another time, in another era, my career was in the arts and was involved with San Francisco Ballet for a long time. I had an advertising agency in New York that dealt with arts groups like Carnegie Hall and Jacobsville Dance Festival and ended up back home here in the Bay Area in San Francisco and pretty soon, you know, got into fundraising and marketing and that sort of thing. And frankly, when you're doing that, what you're doing is doing a lot of events. And pretty soon at these events, I got pretty concerned about the wine we were pouring. And by the way, one of those events along the way was a project that I was thrilled to be involved with presenting um, Elton John in a concert here at the Palace of Legion Honor in San Francisco as a benefit for the National AIDS Fund. So with all that and my interest in wines, you know, in so many different areas in California, me, I'm kind of a Rhone Ranger probably if you want to depress me on it. But there was an activity, oh, maybe four or five years ago about an area that really wanted to make more out of their wine. And we got involved with producing some events. And pretty soon I discovered something about Rosé and we created something called Rosé Today. And that evolved into Experience Rosé from what we learned. And here we are. All right, Craig, you were talking about two things. First of all, you were talking about being a Rhone Ranger, which those of us in the wine business, we understand that term. But for others who are wine newbies, perhaps, or just casual wine drinkers, that means you're into the uh, Grenache, the Syrah, the Mavedra. Uh, GSM, as they call it, yeah. Probably Mavedra, Syrah, Grenache, gosh, some of the great Rhone whites. Those are my faves. Now, I say that like any good movie star asking who's your favorite movie star you ever were with, and it's the one you're with, because I can have just as much fun up in Mendocino and just as much fun in other areas finding Pinots and all sessions and all the rest of it. But if I'm going to sit down with my own glass of wine, it's probably going to be a, a Rhone varietal. And by the way, those are my favorite rosés. Okay, so let's talk about that. So when it, when it comes to Rhone rosés, and try saying that, Ten times fast, okay. <laughs> I can't even say it one time fast. Rhone Rosé, Rhone Rosé. Oh, that's two. Okay, I'm stopping there. But anyway, yeah. uh, so uh, Rosé of Grenache, is that what we're thinking? Or... Uh Rosé of Mouved. You, you, you put Mouvedre uh, up first. You were right when we started to talk about this. You, you know, the production of Rosé is going up 50% a year right now domestically, and it's just a burgeoning thing, and people are realizing, you know, you have a favorite red grape, and I can show you a favorite, uh, what will become your favorite Rosé out of that red grape. There's just infinite varieties of Rosés. It can be made from everything from a Cabernet Sauvignon grape to a, just, well, name it. But for me, I like a Rosé with a, just a little more bite, and a Rosé out of a Grenache or a Syrah or or Mavedra, or even combinations of that. To me, it's got a great color. It's like a rich sunrise or a rich sunset, and and there's some a nice sort of flavor profile to it. It goes with so many different things, and that's what I tend to default to if I'm going to pick it myself. You know, as you talk about that, I can't think of a single varietal of red grape that I haven't had as a rosé. I mean, yeah. it's just a very common practice right now. And I think, you know, what, What 15 years ago, would that have been unheard of? That, that would have been not only unheard of, but, you know, life is, life is crazy. And then we have a glass of rosé. You know, <laughs> there was a time maybe 10, 15 years ago when this, you know, white Zinfandel thing came along and blush and all that. And by the way, right now, there's some really very fine white Zinfandels being made and sure, blush yeah. and all that. Yeah, but, but, but they call them rosé of Zin now. They don't call it white Zin. <laughs> David, that's marketing people getting involved. It's kind of like, okay, oh, we're going to call it this and not that. But yeah. it's all the same. Yeah, 
It's funny because they're not going to be associated with white Zin. And they certainly don't call all the other rosés white Merlot, white Grenache. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's a, nobody's getting near the white thing. We're going to start to get past that. I mean, even, you know, and then who's driving it, frankly, is the millennials. I mean, the, the millennials are, there's two or three things that, that sort of triggered this rosé thing about five or seven years ago. One thing was millennials discovering it and deciding that that was going to be their wine of choice, basically. Number two was the influence of the old world palate. I mean, the French Provence uh, rosés still, still are sort of the one of the cornerstone flavor profiles, and, and the domestic producers started to produce in that old style a lot more dry, a lot more laid-back flavor profile, and pretty soon this whole thing took off, and that's what's driving it right now. So talk to me a little bit about Experience Rosé, because that's your business now. You guys just had a competition. And by the way, I, I was looking at the judges of the competition, and wow, those are some pretty decent judges, except you had that Chris Sawyer there. You know, <laughs> that Chris Sawyer guy. Yeah, how do you get anything again. done with that well, guy there? That guy's a, that guy's a troublemaker. <laughs> well, he's a troublemaker and a great judge, basically. <laughs> well, we were thrilled is. to have him. <laughs> Um, you know, the Experience Rosé, uh, our idea about Experience Rosé is because every day pairs better with Rosé. So what we're interested in is Rosé 365 days out of the year and how Rosé just pairs with about everything you want to do, lifestyle-wise, cuisine-wise, whatever. And the idea of Experience Rosé, experience is a big part of it, obviously. That's, first of all, what drives the millennial buying pattern and migration, if you want. But uh, everything starts with excellence for us, and excellence starts with the competition. And this year, we were honored and grateful and uh, so lucky to have uh, Deborah Del Fiorentino take over our, our yeah. competition and be our competition director. And Champion. it's Deborah that got together that incredible pool of judges, Dan Berger and Bernadette Bird and Tracy Dutton, Renata Franzia. Oh, my gosh. Just really, really great people. Eric Miller, Denise Gill, and Chris Sawyer. <laughs> And that competition this year on a very short runway attracted somewhere around 317 entries from across the country and around the world. And Deborah had to finally sort of slam the door and say, okay, we can't take any more. We're, we're, we're starting to pour wine. So I think next year it's going to be uh, with a little bit of a longer runway, probably even more. But All right. Well, well Craig, I'm, I'm, we're going to have to take a break here, and then uh, we'll have to get to the most important question of all of them, which is why I was not invited to be a judge at that competition. seems like uh, <laughs> okay, we'll get I to have that. no idea how that could have happened. But anyway, we're going to be back in just a second talking all things rosé. We're in the pink here at uh, Grape Encounters Radio today and a very special guest. So glad to have on Craig Palmer, who is one of the founders of Experience Rosé. They got a lot of stuff going on, man. They are the rosé advocates for the century. And we're going to talk more about their various projects, some really cool stuff coming down the line. And you're going to be a part of it for sure. So uh, listen up here on Grape Encounters Radio. No good story about wine deserves to be bottled up. Committed to uncorking a new wine story every day is your host, David Wilson. Right after this. We like to talk about wine. Hi, it's David Wilson. And if you're a frequent listener, you know that I constantly tell you the importance of aerating most wines. If you don't, you're simply not tasting your wine in all of its glory. Well, there's a remarkable new wine aeration product out that's beautiful, mesmerizing, and destined to revolutionize conventional decanting. It's the V-Spin, a gorgeous decanter that sits on a simple stand. 
But inside that stand is some very innovative magnetic technology, which enables the wine in the decanter to swirl silently, creating a vortex that exposes the wine to the perfect amount of air in just a few minutes, accomplishing what otherwise could take hours. And you can adjust the speed and time to perfectly suit the wine varietal. I've put the V-Spin through rigorous testing, and the results were consistently stunning. And you can now buy it on Amazon. Learn more at vspin.us. That's V as in vino, spin.us. I want to tell you about one of my absolute favorite treats in the world. I take a piece of triple cream brie cheese, put a few very special 100% organic heirloom walnuts on top, and then drizzle a little honey on it to make this a purely irresistible morsel of deliciousness. Then I pour myself a small serving of decadent port-style wine to create the perfect complement. That's just one example of how I pamper myself with products from MM Organics in Paso Robles, California. Now, you're on your own with the honey and brie, but the walnuts and port-style dessert wine can be ordered online at mmorganics.com. They've also got lots of other delicious walnut products available, including their peerless sprouted walnuts and lots of decadent flavors, organic gluten-free walnut flour, raw organic walnut butter, estate organic walnut oil, and fair trade dark chocolate covered walnuts. MM Organics products are among the best in the world. Get your ship right away at mmorganics.com. back and he's not alone your grape encounter continues with david wilson and a little help from his friends back with grape encounters radio and everything is coming up rosé this weekend i am talking to craig palmer and he has ganged up with a bunch of people to really do everything in their power to be advocates for rosé which frankly rosé deserves it and also rosé has needed it because rosé has been sort of the bastard child of wine craig i'm sorry to say that but you know that might be true right well, the times are changing. Let me just say that. Not in Provence. You go to someplace like Aix in Provence, and you'll, you'll be lucky if you can get anything but rosé. But, you know, here in America, we don't understand rosé. We understand white Zinfandel, and we either hate it or love it, but that ain't what we're talking about here. We're talking about pink wine, but not of the sweet syrupy kind. Well, there's a new sort of dry movement, and it's it's sweeping the country. You know, there's rosé producers in Michigan and Illinois and Virginia and Texas and a whole lot of places. Obviously, in California, we're, we're so blessed to have Paso, Napa, Sonoma, Mendocino, Lake County, so many places that produce great rosés, but you can get it across the country now. Yeah. Oops, I forgot to tell you this portion of Grape Encounters Radio is brought to you by Peak Ranch. Get this, Craig, okay? This is a crazy story. Okay. My best friend in first grade, guy named John Wagner, he was the smartest guy in school. Honestly, I used to copy off his papers. I did. And I did, I you know, but he got wise to me and he would put the wrong answers down and, yeah. and I would I would fail and he, you know, he went on to become a, a guy who was a, he was a, a major scientist, physicist, and then he started a hedge fund and guess what he did with all the money he made? Guess. Okay. What? Guess, guess. Come on, guess. 
he opened a rosé winery. <laughs> well, that was close. He started a winery. It's called Peak Ranch. I'm so proud of him, actually. Uh, he's the person that I've known longer than anybody else in the world. And how exciting, actually. I went into marketing. He went into first science and then the Wall Street world. And then we both came full circle. And it was just quite by accident. It's bam, we bumped into each other. It's like, you got to be kidding me. He's got a winery. I got a bottle of wine. You know, that's it. His great grades and his incredible education really paid off. Anyway, he's making these wines called Peak Ranch, and he bought part of the Richard Sanford property in the Santa Rita Hills. Oh, I've been there. Absolutely. And he's actually got the original tasting room where I think the opening scene for Sideways began. Anyway, uh, these wines are so astonishingly good. And I'm not saying it because he's my friend. I'm not saying it because yeah. I begged him to sponsor the show, yeah, which I didn't. But but I'm, I'm saying it because I have never tasted better wines from that area. And so uh, do yourself a favor. Check it out. It's Peak Ranch. It's P-E-A-K-E Ranch. And if you buy a bottle of Peak Ranch, you don't love it, you know, send me the bill. I don't, oh, I don't, no. I, you, no, you know, no, first send, of all, that's a wonderful wine country down there, especially around there. And uh, there's just a certain craftsman to how those wines are made. So I'd love it. I'll be on my way. You know, no, but, but I'm saying to all the listeners, you know, all across America, if you don't like the wine, send me a bill. It doesn't mean I'm going to reimburse you, but I'll, you know, I'll post the bill. Saying, Thanks so much for sending me down here. This has been great. <laughs> I will post your bill on the wall of the Grape Encounters Emporium wine shop. But no, the wines are really that good. Check them out. The guy's getting literally upper 90s scores. Can you imagine that on his debut years? Upper 90 scores. Okay. Thank you, John Wagner, for helping to sponsor this show and making astonishingly good wines. But you, you own some really cool properties, so that does help. Anyway, back to Craig. First of all, let's talk about the competition that just happened because this was a whopper and you had to actually cut people off. You couldn't have as many entries as you wanted to be in the competition. Because of Deborah and her wonderful network and this panel of judges, I, I think that really the wonderful winemakers really appreciate being in a panel of folks like this. But you know, this is about 30, 40 percent more entries than we had last year. But the wines that came out of this were really just fascinating. And there was this one wine that I really need to sort of mention. I mean, you know these judges. They're really, really great judges, yeah. very discerning. They just don't throw around points very easily. But one wine scored a perfect 100 points, and it was uh, Draxton. And their rosé is made from a Pinot Meunier. It's a Napa Valley producer. You know, I'm not so sure that they didn't produce more than 35, 40 cases, something like that. Yeah. But that wine, the whole idea about this event that we do is called the Great Rosé Pairing for Summer, and it's going to be at uh, Copia, you know, right there next to Oxbow Market in the middle of Napa. Right. Yeah. Uh, that, that Mondavi Cathedral, we call it sort of a Carnegie Hall, really, but the Great Rosé Pairing for Summer, Saturday, June 16th from 11 until 4, and the only thing we're going to pour at that event are the award-winning wines from this competition. And to our surprise and gratefulness, Draxton actually is going to pour. So this fabulous rosé that that won absolutely best of show in Deborah's uh, competition is going to be, you can have that wine when you get to the Copia event in, in June. Kind of interesting that of the rosés that are out there, there's still an abundance of, uh, it might be the, that most of the rosés are actually Pinot Noir, but then you mentioned this is a Pinot Meunier, some people say, which is one of the very popular wines that go along with Pinot Noir into Champagne. Into Champagne, exactly yeah. right. That's what we were all sort of saying. So Yeah, interesting. Uh, 
Uh, anyway, it really needs to be uh, tasted. But some of the other wines, there was Marquis de Goulin Rosé, won a double gold and best of class. Bronco had a really fabulous domestic sparkling in a Domaine Laurier Brut Rosé. Castle Rock Winery, Nicolini Family Winery, Peugeot. Just so many folks came away with... Uh, I got to stop you right there. Okay. Two stories. I'm sorry, but this is all about the color of wine, okay? Throw them in. All right. First one, Nicolini. I remember when I was just literally out of college driving up there by the Lake Berryessa, okay, which is up, you know, above Napa. And the Nicolini Winery is this just like really old historic property. Oh, yeah. And I remember going there, and the figurehead from the family, Mr. Nicolini, was out there sitting on the porch with a dog, right? Came in. They used to handwrite the kind of wine that was in the bottle and the vintage and all that right on the label. It was like, it was so crude. And I loved buying Nicolini wines because it was just so European. They didn't even print it on there. You know, I loved the Nicolini wines. And they have some relationship, don't they, Craig? I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with this, but way up north, they, I think, work with a monastery to make wines where the monks, they don't speak. Oh, my gosh. I, Do you know that? I have to say, I, I'm not aware of that. Oh, i got to check that out. Okay. And then very quickly, another uh, winery that you mentioned is Peugeot. So yeah. I had this great experience with Lisa Peugeot. Yes. One of the kids, one of the family members. Yeah. She's a really good friend of another friend of mine, uh, Amy Riley, who is the world's yeah. most renowned expert on the aphrodisiac properties in wine, right? And of course, <laughs> uh, I know, you never know where the conversation's going to go, Craig. You never know. Anyway, yeah, right. but I went over to Amy's house and she has a test kitchen there. And Lisa is one of her best friends, got there and there was a bottle of Peugeot wine they had waiting for me and some very sexy bunt cake and Lisa and Amy. And that was one of the great days of my life. But that, it has, no, that, it has nothing to do with... what we call an ex- a rosé experience. Yeah, there was no rosé involved. I'm sorry, but <laughs> anyway, I just had to mention that. All right. Hey, listen, Craig, hang on. We're going to come back in just a second. Hey, listen to the ads because these guys support our show. And without our show, you would have nothing to do for an hour a week. sometimes say it's the wine talking well everyone knows that wine can't talk that's why a bunch of grapes got together and hired david wilson to do the talking for them (laughs) david will uncork today's story after this For nearly four years, I've taken many opportunities to tell you about the place that Grape Encounters Radio calls home, Atascadero, located right in the heart of the spectacular California Central Coast wine country, which offers a lot more to see and do than simply enjoying the world-class wines we produce here. Atascadero is a town where people are remarkably friendly, food and accommodation prices are far lower than in other wine countries, and every activity imaginable can be found just minutes away in any direction, including world-class wineries, ocean sports, and breathtaking beaches, cycling, equestrian activities, sightseeing, hiking, hot springs, farm-to-table cuisine, cider houses, concert venues, shopping, and so much more. I've had countless visits from around the country by listeners at the Grape Encounters Emporium Wine Bar in Atascadero's historic colony district. I hope you'll be next. For more information, log on to visitatascadero.com. 
Hey, it's David Wilson. And if you're a frequent listener, you know that I constantly tell you the importance of aerating most wines. If you don't, you're simply not tasting your wine in all of its glory. Well, there's a remarkable new wine aeration product out that's beautiful, mesmerizing, and destined to revolutionize conventional decanting. It's the V-Spin, a gorgeous decanter that sits on a simple stand. But inside that stand is some very innovative magnetic technology, which enables the wine in the decanter to swirl silently, creating a vortex that exposes the wine to the perfect amount of air in just a few minutes, accomplishing what otherwise could take hours. And you can adjust the speed and time to perfectly suit the wine varietal. I've put the V-Spin through rigorous testing, and the results were consistently stunning. And you can now buy it on Amazon. Learn more at vspin.us. That's V as in vino, spin.us. about what he spends on wine, but liberal on how much he pours his friends. Here's your host, David Wilson. Hey, back with Grape Encounters Radio with my new best friend. <laughs> it's Craig Palmer. He is now the crowned prince of rosé. Now, he and a, and a group of friends and associates are going to make sure that you don't overlook rosé, that you just stop. You know, you, you, uh, we get in our ruts, gang. You know we do. We just say, I just want, you know, I'm drinking Zinfandel right now. I must say, by the way, I'm not plugging this because they didn't give, give me even 10 cents. But it's called Armida from uh, Maple Vineyards, Dry Creek Valley, Sonoma County. Craig, are you ticked at me for not drinking rosé during this segment? It was just an accident. Not, not at all, because I know that Zinfandel also makes some great rosés. Yeah, it's called White Zin. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You know what I'm, I'm doing? I'm pouring my, uh, my glass of water in here. Oh, I've made it rosé. And it's only, it's, uh, well, it's, only of, five, kind of. it's only 5.2% alcohol. Look at that. Tastes Hello. like dishwater. Anyway, you told me while we were listening to commercials that you've got a Nicolini story. Well, the only the, the Nicolini story and the thing that I think is sort of interesting about the, the Nicolini is that we talk a lot about what's been burgeoning about rosé. That, that Nicolini rosé is made with a Cabernet Sauvignon grape. Wow. And so you're going to get a much deeper color. You're going to get uh, – it, it's just at the <laughs> other extreme. I talk about the sunrise to sunset sort of color spectrum that comes with rosés, this is going to be a great sunset. But one of the reasons why rosé has become so popular is because people like Nicolini and all these other wonderful winemakers are now making rosé really purposefully. There was a time, don't tell anybody, David, but some wineries would go, okay, we're done, we got a little bit of extra red juice, what should we do? Hmm, Let's call it rosé. This was a time past. Now what's happening is you're getting people like the Nicolinis of the world and those folks coming on and saying, we're going to make a really fabulous rosé out of some grape that they really like to work with, and that's where the great variety of rosé comes from. So my Nicolini story is, that's a good example of why rosé is becoming so popular. And look, it's made with a Cabernet Sauvignon grape. Okay, but you, you told me not to tell them, and you told them. What's with you, Oh, Craig? oh sorry. Oh, I'm not sorry. supposed to tell them, but I guess you have permission because you're the new <laughs> grand god of rosé. But let's let's talk about rosés, because there are multiple ways to make rosés. That would be a, a great lyric. There are multiple ways to make rosés. Hey, let's talk about those. 
basically it's like this. If you're making red wine, you're going to let the juice sit on the skins. Right. And the longer you let it sit on the skins, the, the redder it becomes. And if you just leave it on there literally for just a couple of hours, you've got rosé and you want to take it off. And, 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 and why we do this is because, for, for one thing, we get that nice pink color. But right. we also reduce those tannins that some of you really don't like. You don't like That's that dry right. mouth sort of thing. So this is the thing I, I just got to beat into your heads, guys. And I'll, I'll do it with a Nerf bat, okay? So it's not going to hurt, okay? But – the rosé, it's a red wine, gang. It's not a pink wine. We didn't add white stuff to it. There's no bleach that was put in it. It's just a red wine that didn't sit on the skins for very long. So you don't get the tannins, and it's going to be just a, a lot softer and more palatable for you. And by the way, for those of you who have wine allergies, let's bear in mind that probably that rosé is not going to cause you any problems. It's, it's usually the tannins that are bothering you, okay? All right, so that's the first way. Second way, and and a popular way is that you can actually blend a red wine with a white wine. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I have this really terrible Pinot Grigio here. But before I finished it, I poured in this Armida Zinfandel, and I had a rosé. It was called Rosé of David. And anyway, it was, it was it, you know, it was good. And, and by the way, Craig's probably going to just hang up the phone on me when I say this. But, Craig, you can't, okay? Promise. I promise. Pinky swear, Craig. Pinky swear. You guys can do this at home. You can actually take a white wine and a red wine, and you can you can blend them, actually. You, it's okay to do that, and I've yeah. always advocated for this. You know what? It's your wine. You paid for it. You know, just have fun with it. Experiment. Go wild. So um, anyway, I, I, I just wanted to throw that out there, but I'm thinking there's probably about a half a dozen ways to make rosés. Oh, my gosh. That's the name of my next novel, Craig. Yeah, half really. a dozen ways to make rosés. Anyway, but lots of different ways to do it, but the result is still the same. We get pink, and it's really wonderful. The other thing is, is I need to point this out. I obviously advocate for wines from the U.S., but, you know, the rosés that come from France are really beautiful. And for whatever reason, I don't know how they make any money. I think it's why they live in thatched huts. But the rosés that come from places like Provence, they're really delicious and they're really inexpensive. You know, I've seen them for $7, $10. They're pretty darn good. The most important lesson that we could give you today is rosé doesn't mean sweet. Stop thinking that. What would you say, Craig? 90% of the rosés out there are probably dry? Oh, yeah, now. But th there are some wonderful sweets coming along. But, you know, I might sort of take us to this uh, event at Copia for a second and, and talk about that dry thing you were just talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, we haven't even talked about that. That's the event that's coming up, right? It's coming up. And it's, it's a rather interesting event. It's not your entry-level sort of wine tasting where there's lots of long tables and every four feet is another winemaker and you grab your glass and try to work your way down the line. It's a curated, immersive affair, and it comes from an idea of that uh, the distinguished, really wonderful faculty member from the Culinary Institute of America at Greystone, uh, Chef Lars Kronmark, came up with. He has been doing an event up there. His students pair bites with the wines of St. Helena, and I had just a wonderful opportunity to talk to Chef Lars, and we were talking about this rosé thing and all the independent pairings, and he said, Greg, why don't we put together student teams from CIA? In other words, these are emerging star chefs. And we'll have, have them create bites inspired by the major production centers for rosé. So 
One theme tasting area that you'll find at Copia, for example, is there'll be cuisine inspired by France. And another theme tasting area will be cuisine inspired by Italy. And another theme tasting area will be inspired by Spain. And then there's Northern California, Central California, Southern California, six themes tasting areas. And each one where a team of students from CIA is creating bites that pair with a a panoply of different kind of rosés. Everything tasting areas has dry, sparkling, a little sweet, everything, but arranged spaciously so winemakers and chefs and guests and even volunteers, everybody can share their experience and really sort of immerse themselves into the wines. All right, I got to stop you for a second because, you know, you have uh, made several references to the CIA. And while in Washington, there are confirmation hearings going on right now for a new director of the CIA, they're two totally different things. One is the uh, Central Intelligence Agency, and one is the Culinary Institute of America. That's exactly right. Thanks for that. And frankly, I think we'd be a lot better off, just, just a <laughs> political opinion here for a second, but I think our, our country would be better off with having somebody with a lot of cooking experience handling the CIA in Washington. Because, I think you know, that rosé is on its way to helping with world peace. I really do. Absolutely. Exactly right. You know what? If people sit down and they break bread together and they drink wine together, they're not going to fight. They're That's gonna right. They just talk about the different rosés they like from around the world, and that'll slap, bring us together. Yeah, they slap each other on the back and go, is yeah, life yeah. wonderful? Let's, we don't want to kill you. We just want to love you. You know, I, uh, okay, well, let's uh, talk about that another time. Yeah, we could do that, Craig. Uh, it'd be a great show to talk about how food and wine could save us from all the problems of the world. What do you think I, about I think that? They, I think they would. There's never nothing better that brings people together than around the table with a nice rosé and yeah. conversation and good food. So My good friend Mike Gergich said that you should always drink wine, not water, because water separates continents, but wine brings people together. Oh, gosh, that's just perfect. I can I can hear him saying that, actually. Yeah. The great rosé pairing for summer at Copia. You can get tickets and read really all about the whole thing on our website, which is experiencerosé.com, and you can see all the results from the competition. All the gold medal winners, gold and above, are, are listed on that website, along with all the information about the event at Copia. And we're also going to do, because this idea about everyday pairs better with rosé, we're looking around for things that sort of take this forward into the calendar. So in October... In Mendocino, we're going to do the great rosé pairing for Thanksgiving. And oh, with um, uh, Nicholas yeah. Petty has a really great program, a culinary program at Mendocino College. And with uh, Jackson Keys Winery up there, with the Wilson Artisan Winery folks, we're going to do a, no, I think Nicholas said it's something like a nine-course dinner pairing with rosés. I will be there. Okay. Hey, Craig, we're out of time, man. Well, what uh, happened? Time flies when you're you having rosé. That's just how show. it is. Hey, I've got sitting over in the uh, wine bar. Get this, okay? I've got some visitors who came here all the way from Tennessee. I told them, I said, you know what? You guys are so awesome. They've been here actually two out of three nights. And I said, I'm going to put you on the radio because people don't always believe that, you know, oh, yeah, we, you know that our listeners actually are engaged in a more meaningful way. And I, I say that because I really want to make this point. We don't talk about events unless we think that it is worth your while to buy a plane ticket, to book a hotel room. Craig, are you sending me any money whatsoever? Absolutely not. You dog, Craig. <laughs> But anyway, no, we don't we don't collect money for this. We, we we try to recommend things that you can do that are gonna be fun and it's worth your while because life these days is not a bed of roses, okay? It isn't. But it certainly could be a bottle of rose. So if you want to know more about it, it's rose R O S E wine today dot com. 
meaning rosé. It, it, it works that way, and it also works experiencerosé.com. Same thing. Craig, what a blast having you on, man. Well, way great to be here, and I hope we can talk again soon about some of these rosé great anecdotes you've got. Okay, I will. All right, we'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. So, just what is a grape encounter? It's when wine is the catalyst of a really great time. Your grape encounter with David Wilson will continue in just a moment. For nearly four years, I've taken many opportunities to tell you about the place that Grape Encounters Radio calls home, Atascadero, located right in the heart of the spectacular California Central Coast wine country, which offers a lot more to see and do than simply enjoying the world-class wines we produce here. Atascadero is a town where people are remarkably friendly, food and accommodation prices are far lower than in other wine countries, and every activity imaginable can be found just minutes away in any direction, including world-class wineries, ocean sports, and breathtaking beaches, cycling, equestrian activities, sightseeing, hiking, hot springs, farm-to-table cuisine, cider houses, concert venues, shopping, and so much more. I've had countless visits from around the country by listeners at the Grape Encounters Emporium Wine Bar in Atascadero's historic colony district. I hope you'll be next. For more information, log on to visitatascadero.com. For nearly four years, I've taken many opportunities to tell you about the place that Grape Encounters Radio calls home, Atascadero located right in the heart of the spectacular California Central Coast wine country, which offers a lot more to see and do than simply enjoying the world-class wines we produce here. Atascadero is a town where people are remarkably friendly, food and accommodation prices are far lower than in other wine countries, and every activity imaginable can be found just minutes away in any direction, including world-class wineries, ocean sports, and breathtaking beaches, cycling, equestrian activities, sightseeing, hiking, hot springs, farm-to-table cuisine, cider houses, concert venues, shopping, and so much more. I've had countless visits from around the country by listeners at the Grape Encounters Emporium Wine Bar in Atascadero's historic colony district. I hope you'll be next. For more information, log on to visitatascadero.com. Did you know that you can visit us in person? right in the heart of the Central Coast wine country of California. We can get you a special rate at one of our loveliest hotels, introduce you to some epic wines in person, help you chart out amazing self-guided winery tours, and tell you stories that we're not allowed to share on the radio. Okay, that last one was a, a stretch. Here's David. And we are back with Grape Encounters Radio. And you know what? You guys hear me talk all the time about people who come from faraway places to visit us at the brick-and-mortar location of Grape Encounters Radio, and I have had such a crazy good time this past week with a group that has come down from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and (laughs) wow, we have Megan, Steve, and Teresa here that actually came here to our part of the country because they heard about Grape Encounters and all of the fun stuff that we have here. I'll start with Steve. Steve, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. You know what? It's great to have you here. 
And you've been a longtime listener of the show. Correct. Yes, very much. Tell me about that. I've enjoyed your show for the last three or four years. And my favorite one was the one on oak. The one on oak? Barrels. I learned a lot. Barrels, yes. And I made... Megan and Teresa listen to it. <laughs> really? Yes. So very let's, educational. let's talk about Megan and Teresa. Uh, Megan, you are daughter of Steve. Yes, I am. You are my new adopted niece. I, I know. God, I love you so much. I want to just give you all the presents that I, I did not give you for all those years that we were not uncle and daughter. Uncle Dave, you're the coolest, I've got to say. <laughs> so have you had fun here? I have. I've had a good time. I've actually learned a lot, and I'm pretty educated about the different fruit aromas and types of wines, which a little more than the average college student, I would like to think. So you're of legal age, right? As of July of last year, so we're safe. So are you more into wine than beer and spirits? I would definitely say I am, because I try to be a little on the classier side with the Sauve Blancs and the, you know, whatnots. A little more than the beer. and the- Oh, so you are so classy. It's funny because you came into our shop and I thought, oh my gosh, we are not classy enough for Megan. <laughs> <laughs> I really felt that, yeah. And then Teresa, who is your stepmom. She's my cool mom. I wouldn't say cool stepmom. She's cool mom, yeah. And Teresa, welcome. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> so, you know, you, you are here in California. You've been doing the Central Coast wine thing, right? Yes. Tell me about that. Tasted a lot of good wine. Uh, met a lot of cool people. So why in the world would three winos from Tennessee come to California? So I kind of dragged us here because I'm about to graduate school in Claremont. And Dad was kind of thinking about going to Napa, but he figured there would be a lot more opportunities for experiences in the mid-coast of California, especially because he wanted to check out the Rhone blends. And I really like to say Tuscadero, so it was... uh you must see. So you listened to the podcast and you said, I'm going to a Tascadero. Yes. So I guess the big question is, were you disappointed? Not at all. No, this is, no, you've been great. The place has been great. It's our second time here in less than 48 hours. So, so you're, a you're talking about coming is. to the Grape Encounters Emporium, but you guys went out and did some wine tasting on your own. I was lucky enough to get the privilege of recommending, you know, some places to go. You know, what did you think in general about the wines of the Central Coast? We like the fact that they're fruit forward and good value wines and excellent taste. People were very friendly and educational. It was also a lot more approachable than the European wines on Silver Fronts, I found, because it was a little bit less uppity and there was a lot more leniency with the mixtures and it was more approachable. All right. So, uh, Megan, I'm going to bust you now. You have a French boyfriend. I do. I know. He likes cider. It's very unfortunate. He likes cider? But I like him. Yeah. He likes cider and you like him. It, correct. He likes cider and I like What's him. What's with that? That's not a French thing, cider. Well, so I met him in New Zealand when I was trying a bunch of Sauvignon Blancs on Waikiki Island. And he's, well, he's not a big wine guy. But fortunately, I inherited that trait from my dad, which I appreciate a lot. <laughs> So so how did you get hooked up with a French guy who's not a wine guy? It's strange. It's a bit odd, but I'm trying to indoctrinate him slowly. I had him read an article <laughs> about you, and he was excited. So we're trying. It's slowly but steady progress. An article about me? I did. Oh, I don't know what that would be. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Teresa, let's go back to you because you're, you're so shy. Yes, I am. And she's so pretty. What did you think, Megan, when your father hooked up with this woman who is so gorgeous. 
I thought it was really cool, and she's really stylish and sweet, and she smiles a lot, and she really makes our lives better, and I'm grateful for her. Uh, oh, Teresa, <laughs> was that the sweetest thing you ever heard? Very sweet. Thank you, Are you a wine lover? Yes, I am. But you're a sparkling kind of a person. Yes, I am. Yeah. We have a lot of really good sparkling wines in California. Yes, Did, you do. All right, so let's just take a minute to talk about you guys were out. You've been adventuresome the past couple of days. What were the things that really stood out for you? What really rocked your boat? I really liked one of the rosés we had this morning at Tablas Creek. This morning? Yes. <laughs> You're supposed to be drinking coffee this morning, not uh, rosé. Well, tech- uh, well, Okay. Oh, you have to look at who my dad is, though. <laughs> <laughs> your dad's a heart guy, Steve. You're a heart doctor, right? Um, yes, I'm a cardiologist. Yes. Okay. And wine is good for your heart. Do you do surgery? Uh, heart catheterizations. Okay. So there's been a ton of articles and studies that have been done on the effect of wine on the heart. What would you say to the person out there who has, you know, had a diagnosis of having heart problems, the effect of wine on the heart, your feeling? It's good, a glass a day for a female and one to two glasses a day for a man. And that's a five-ounce serving, not a (laughs) 12-ounce serving. You know, if a little is good, isn't a lot great? Um, not necessarily can raise your blood pressure, cause cholesterol issues. So you want to just stick to that five ounce serving. You know, the rules are different if you're in college though. Okay. Yes. Because, uh, very few college people have heart problems, right? Exactly. So we can drink those 12 ounce servings that Dr. Rohn was so sorrowfully putting down. (laughs) Steve, your daughter is incorrigible, right? Uh, yes, but I love her just the same. <laughs> you know, if, if, I could, if I could have a poster child for our show, she, she would definitely be it. Aw, it's because you can't see my face on a podcast. I can see your face right across the <laughs> studio, and I tell you what, you would be the poster child for Grape Encounters all day long. I'll be we, here. You wouldn't even think about anybody else. You'd be number one. No, well, thanks, Uncle Dave. Uh, I get to be your uncle. That's so sweet. Mm-hmm. I love you guys so much. <laughs> You're so much fun. Aren't you guys? Thank you. You're the highlight of our visit. You guys, so thank you so much for being here. I, I you know, what a pleasure. To thank have you. Here. Thank you so much. <laughs> we right. appreciate and, uh, it. Megan, International Relations, you're going to run our store. There we go. Okay. I found a job, Dad. <laughs> Look at that. Thank you guys so thank much. Thank you. Okay, bye. This week's Grape Encounters is down to the last drop. Don't let that trouble you. We're headed down to the wine cellar in search of something remarkably special to share with you next week. Until then, we've got hundreds upon hundreds of past episodes ready to be uncorked at GrapeEncounters.com. Help yourself to anything you'd like.